0: Hi, this is Rachel Bellow, and this is Suzanne Mushin, and you're
1: listening to The Big Path Podcast. Suzanne and I have been best friends and business partners for
0: 20 years. This is a podcast about the conversations we're having all day long about our work and our lives. So, Rachel, today we're talking about my least favorite phrase, which is, don't sweat the small stuff. I hated that book when it came out. I read it cover to cover. And recently I feel very validated because I read an article that completely vindicated my entire point of view, and now I'm positing the fact that it actually is the small stuff that matters.
1: Wait. Oh, so you didn't like the book because, yeah, I know that you sweat the small stuff because I don't, and I am the victim of your small stuff sweating on me like I'll give you an example from today Suzanne. Oh. Yeah. So we're in the car and texting I'm texting and you've done this before but I'm texting you know Stephanie something basic like oh we I have to cancel that meeting so and so we agree oh yeah I should tell Steph. And you go, yeah, you should you know, cancel that meeting. You should actually – let's text Steph. And I go, OK. You're driving. I go, OK. And you go, yeah, just say, hi, Steph, period. Sorry that – I look at you while you're still – because you're looking at the road. You don't see that I'm looking at you and I'm like, I can't fucking believe that you're dictating a note that basically says we're going to have to cancel this meeting at 5 o'clock. And I look at you like, I don't fucking know how to text <laughs> – Uh, text. And you've done it before where it's just like, yeah, Rachel, maybe we should ask her if we can do it. Just say, hi, Cornelia. (laughs) This is
0: Rachel. You know, okay, that's fair. That's fair. It's interesting because you've called me on it before because I know it annoys you. And it's really hard for me to stop myself. I think part of it is what we talked about in the Inner Hulk show, which is that when I'm feeling stressed, I go into micromanagement mode. Yeah. You're so, just schwitzing all over the small <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so I do sweat the small stuff, but this is the theory I want to talk about today because it's really not about micromanaging. What this article said was, let's take a big decision, for example, purchasing a house – All of us tend to do the following. Should I buy the house or not buy the house? And when you ask yourself that, you're generally thinking about that big nugget. You know, it's a $200,000 house. Do I have the money to put down that down payment? But what this article said was that's not the sole question. And it might not even be the most important question. It's have you taken into consideration all of the other expenses that go with buying that new house. So maybe it's about the fact that you now need to have a car because your commute no longer allows you to take the bus. Or maybe it's the fact that you need a landscaper now because you're going to have a backyard. Or maybe it's the cost of groceries because now you are buy the Whole Foods instead of buy your local market that was cheaper. All of those other little costs are really the ones that you should be paying attention to when you make a big decision. You know, it's true for all big decisions. It's a-
1: absolutely true. So now I'm with you. It is this idea that we make big decisions um, and, and based on our fantasy, which lives at a very high altitude and thinking about like, oh, I can picture myself in this big job. I want that title and that job. I want to tell people that. And then all of a sudden you think about your life. You haven't even considered All of the small implications that go with that. And I think what we're saying in today's show is you're going to – when you are making any decision, big decision, force yourself to focus on all of the little implications that surround
0: it that are going to determine whether this is the right decision or not. So let's have this conversation. And while we're having it, I want you to be apologizing to me throughout for telling you not to tell
1: me how to um, uh, 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 say, hi, Cornelia, (laughs) we'll be there later today. Best, Rachel. (laughs) I'll
0: stop doing that.
1: Suzanne, what we're talking about today is this idea that every big decision is made or broken by the small stuff. It's the small stuff that always ladders up to the big changes, whether that's positive or negative. And you're not paying attention to that. You're paying attention to the big story, the big title, the big job, and we we have to think about our big decisions differently by looking at the small stuff. So I can tell a story right yeah, away. Like I, I actually. I have a friend who's a a very, friend, a real a friend. Like she's actually a friend of mine, um, and she's been a the very she's a very seasoned television producer. And back in the nineties, I think this was, or maybe the two thousands, I can't remember. No, the nineties. Um, she was offered the executive producer of one of the network's big I won't name it big morning television shows, right? The biggest. Television show that you've heard of. And she was just like, ah, hell yeah. This is what I've been going for. This is it. This is the big kahuna. Sure. Right. So then that summer, we always vacationed with their family. That summer, I got a glimpse by living with them for a couple of weeks of what her life was actually like. So she had to wake up at like three in the morning, take a car to work because that's when the anchors are getting there. Right. She was up all night. She's in interrupted feedback with. The anchor from the house just going it, – it was – I can't remember who was – Matt Lauer? It, it, no, it wasn't. It was pre-Matt Lauer, but it was someone just going, Peter, it's not a chimpanzee. It's a It's a monkey. Yeah. You, yeah stop saying chimpanzee. It's technically not – and at the end, she was too tired to go to the beach. She had to take a nap and that's when it hit me like – Oh, when she took this job, she was looking at it as like, oh, all that. But would she have taken this if she had realized the extent to which it took her away from her child, her family, her life, herself? And it wasn't until she left that job that she re-owned
0: herself and looked back in that at, at that period yeah. going, what was I thinking? It is – when I think back on, on my – the big choices I made in my career – It was always the draw to not the title, but the idea I had of the central part of the job. So, for example, when I moved from Teach for America to Civitas, I was very drawn to the mission, very drawn to working for the CEO of Harpo Entertainment, very drawn to living in Chicago again, like the big beats of that story. But when I got here and I took the job, the things that were making me miserable, were all the little things that the I realities, the, the realities. The realities, but the small realities that actually I had not even thought through or considered whether or not I cared about them. So, for example, I was working alone. When I first got there, I went from this very big social office to being alone at a desk in the corner of a law school. How much that mattered to me? I, I also had to eat a lot of meals alone and Rachel, I have this thing. eating alone to me I could cry right now thinking about it. I I find eating alone very depressing. Wow when I see people eating alone and I found myself almost every day because I didn't know anyone and I was working alone that if anyone had said to me before, just so you know when you take this job for the first four or five months, you're gonna be eating lunch alone. I swear to God, I don't know that I would have taken the job. Now I'll know
1: in the assisted living facility that you're (laughs) going to always want to be at the group table with those other women. Meanwhile, I'll be in my room totally alone rather than doing that. But, Suzanne, we're not saying, oh, don't take those big leaps in your life because all the – we're not really because actually now that you're talking, I realize, oh, it's almost like an evolutionary thing. Like we probably – protect ourselves from staying in our room all day by blocking out all of those small realities and just focusing on the big. On the other hand, the big moves I've made that I regret, um, it's because I haven't really thought through all of the things that surround it. And I think that all we're we're saying is – When you're focusing on your big move, whatever that is, whether that's a purchase, a relationship, uh, a physical move across the country, try very hard to take in all of the small implications around it before you just jump into it. And, And do it still but don't do it blindly. Yeah.
0: Rachel, I love that you brought up that this is true about relationships also. So we were just talking about jobs and taking a big job, but it's true when you're talking about just... It's so true, and so many men especially think
1: that that a relationship is held together by the grand gesture, oh, yes, right? By the showing up, you know, crossing the whole country and bursting in at Thanksgiving and going, I'm here. It's <laughs> like, no, that's not what makes a relationship. It's the everyday little things. And I really see this actually with my older daughter and her husband. It's the tiny daily little kindnesses yeah. that create the glue
0: of a relationship. Yeah, it reminds me of how much pressure there is right now on the ask when people get engaged, right? That it has to be this big show because you're going to put it on Instagram yeah. and anyone who's been in a marriage knows that is not where you should be spending your time. You know, it's it it makes me think about the,
1: you know, every time I have an affair on my wife, I give my wife a diamond <laughs> bracelet, right, right? It's exactly. just like,
0: dude, yeah, yeah, that's not going to do it. I think the other place that we've seen this play out where we focused on little the, – the little things about our day that have made all the difference, we struggled for years about what to do with our mornings because way too many days we both felt like we looked up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and had had no break, no food, no real personal time, and we were burned out already and we still had four more hours of of meetings. And so I, you first said to me, here's what I'm going to do. And we each made some small choices that have made all the, all difference. the
1: difference. And before that, Suzanne, our conversations were, let's take – a oh, summer yes. campus. Right. From these big changes that were gonna make yes. us happy. Let's take a month off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then and let's use that voice. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 yes. it all in the end what wasn't really made about us that. happy was just the everyday little tiny things we did between six thirty when we wake up and nine thirty when we take our first call. The
0: little action of getting up a half hour earlier. Yep made a huge difference. Yep. Not starting meetings. For me, I don't start meetings till 10 a.m. Yep. And it's not that I'm not working prior to 10. It's just I'm not ready to right. be you know on.
1: That, exactly. And I've start, it used to be that I took a lot of my meetings as breakfast meetings because I wanted to get that out of the way for the day. But what that meant was I was scrambling first thing in the morning. I was completely frazzled showing up to breakfast meeting. And then I never felt on my game for the rest of the day. Yeah. So now no breakfast
0: meetings. Everything is sacrosanct between six thirty oh, yeah. and nine forty five. Yeah. So I think this is the real the most important message here is think about the things that are meaningful to you on an everyday basis, whether that's the small stuff. The, it's the small stuff. And that matters so much more to your happiness It matters so much more to your overall decision-making, the logic sequence, to be honest, the financial decisions that you make. I mean, just going back to full circle on the house example, that's the stuff that'll kill you is the month-to-month expenses you didn't expect. And if you're torturing yourself, as many of my friends
1: are at various phases in their life, it comes up at 25 and then again at 50 and then again at 70 – you know, that question of like, what am I doing with yes. my life? What is this all about? What does it mean? Instead, ask yourself, what makes you happy day to day? And how can I fill my life with the things that are making me happy? And if that's if that's in place... Then the meaning will accrue. It doesn't have to be some large vision
0: yeah. that you and I think realize. if you do use this voice when you're making those decisions, <laughs> it'll feel bigger. They'll feel bigger. So small. <laughs> I can't feel it. I can't feel it.
1: So Suzanne, when I think about sweating the small stuff, what comes to mind for me <laughs> is oh, <no>. you running. <laughs>
0: That's so mean. <laughs> that's so mean. Um, and now that I know how irritating it is to you that I dictate those emails to you, now I'm going to do it so much more. Yeah. What I like is that I'll get you. So we'll yeah. be in the conversation about writing the memo or the email, and I'll lure you right into yeah, it. Yeah, and then I'll suddenly like, freak out. Yeah. yeah, that's the small stuff. We'll see you next week on The Big Payoff. If you like
1: what you heard, you can find us at BigPayoffRadio.com, on iTunes, on the ACAST app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters.